I'm so excited to be back. We're going to do another episode. Um, i trying to keep up the momentum. Tom is back and he's ready to go. And we're going to be talking to a guy by the name of Damian Lewis. He's doing some great stuff over on his podcast called Prep Sports Nation. Uh, this is a guy who is passionate about prep sports, um, all sports. And, um, you know, when I first met him, he was uh, just a really cool guy. Um, I really enjoyed talking to him. And, um, you know, our um, connection with um, youth football, youth sports, um, you know, he's, his passion for all of that just came through. And, and uh, I was excited to see what he was going to be doing, what he's up to. And he's been doing a lot of, a lot of really neat stuff. So um, I'm really eager and excited to talk to him today. And um, I know Tom is too. So we're going to get into it. All right. We are back. Guess what? We got Tom. Tom, I'm so glad to, to have you have you back here and, and be talking with you, man. I'm alive, Luke. It's great. You survive in advance. Life is like the NCAA tournament. Just try to win the next round <laughs> that's and go right. to the following that's right. round. Day by day, week by week. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Well, anyway, yes. I am really excited that you that you were able to join because um we've got we got Damian Lewis. Um He's a guy that I met through uh, um, through mutual friend. Um, we hit it off right away because you know he was saying some really really neat stuff. He's got a passion for youth sports like you and I, and um, and he's he's yeah. got some some cool stuff. And uh, um, Damien, Tom Crawford, Tom Crawford, Damien, let's get let's get after this. All right, man. I think we're all on the same page right here as far as what our passions are, right? Yes, sir. Tom, it's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, Damien. Uh, so, so let, tell me about what your passion is, and, and what 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 do you embrace every day in life? So, uh, so uh, basically, uh, like Luke was uh, saying, you know, we met in Vegas, and I was telling him about Prep Sports Nation. Uh, okay. Prep Sports Nation is a uh, my high school sports platform that I started, and basically, I I I coined it as the ESPN of high school sports. Uh, more so locally right now, but I do like to cover national stories just to keep, because everybody doesn't know what's going on, you know, all across, you know, the, the country and everything, but uh, more so specifically focused here in Georgia. And basically, uh, you know, I go out, well, obviously not right now because nothing's going on, but, you know, I go out, I cover high school games, I, I create the highlight, you know, the two-minute highlight videos with voiceover, give them that ESPN feel, and, you know, the kids are hearing their names, and parents love it, grandparents love it, I mean, and, you know, I love it, and from all sports, from football to lacrosse, swimming, uh, the only thing I have not had a chance to cover yet is uh, is golf. Tom, so... That, that works for me. <laughs> Tom, true, true story. So, uh, uh, Damien and I were... We're uh, um, both in a, in a wedding of a mutual friend and, in Colorado, and um, we see some, uh, some young, young ladies dressed in softball gear. Um, and, and Damien is like, yeah. oh, man, I got I to gotta look up what's going on here. I got to see what's, I gotta see what's happening. I, gotta yeah. see, I think there's a tournament. Maybe I should go cover that. <laughs> wow. That's, my, that's, that's, that's right. just instinctive. As far as back to that passion, I mean, so in Georgia, football, high school football, huge down there. Very Tell us what that's like. Yeah, very huge here, and uh, obviously, um, the the National Federation of uh, State High School Associations released their guidelines for for state local state associations to adhere to, and basically, 
June 1st is when states can, you know, high school associations can allow teams to resume activities. Um, and it's very limited on what they can do. So for us here in Georgia, um, which I actually talked to our executive director last week, um, they're going to push back to June 8th. And, you know, obviously, again, football, you know, everybody's on the same page. It's like not like anyone's got one leg up on each other. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because, Again, it's very limited on what they can do. It's one coach per every ten, a group of ten people. So really, it's nine players, one coach. So, um, you know, everybody wants to get 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 back in action. But again, obviously, safety is first and foremost. Um, they're going to closely, you know, continue to monitor the the data as related to COVID nineteen. And uh, you know, the goal is to again get started here in Georgia, June eighth. And, uh, you know, it's a three phase, uh, you know, protocol that they're going to that they're going to work on. And hopefully by uh, the end of July, uh, phase phase three will be in effect, which that's pretty much almost put them back at full strength. But they're not pushing back the start of the season. Everything is still supposed to start uh, on time. And for us in Georgia, football officially kicks off around the third weekend of of August. So we'll see how it all plays out. Are you seeing that? that Georgia seems to be uh, on par with what um, what other communities are doing across across the nation, or are they um, are, are they any different? Are they ahead of the curve, behind the curve? Um, so it, it's different throughout the state, but within the the, the city of Atlanta, particularly, um, we have seen the trend of maintaining for fourteen days, which is kind of what CDC was recommending. Like before you advance, you know, just make sure. You've got that 14-day trend, so we hit that mark. Um, so although we are still getting some cases, it's not going up at a rate that's not allowing them to, to you know, continue with the reopening phase. Uh, and so, you know, for high school sports, again, obviously, you know, you know it's not the big leagues. Um, you're not talking about all these dollars and cents like you are on that level. You're talking about people's kids. So the, the steps to returning to action are going to be taken a little more serious. You know, Damien, here uh, in Michigan, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, just today, as as we're speaking, um, announced their guidelines for summer workouts. They're kind of taking it one step at a time. Let's get these kids back on the field because there's been no, they haven't had any organized activity. And it's going to be, it's that ratio thing of so many coaches to to uh, players and to try to keep people safe. And there's some really stringent guidelines. And then, and then the, the, they accomplish that. And then I think what they're going to do is kind of read and react to how the pandemic is behaving like anybody, you know, like all organ, like schools, higher education, all these things um, before they even talk about the, the high school football. But I, I know what uh, high school football is like in Georgia, just like in the state of Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, big crowds, 10,000 seat stadiums that I know are down in Georgia. D- do you vision those proud people shoulder to shoulder in those environments come September? You know, I, I, I think they're going to want to be there in September, yeah. but it's such a, you know, it's such a tricky situation because like you just touched on, they're going to have to really monitor, um, you know, monitor things. And and Dr. Mm-hmm. Robin Hines, again, uh, the executive executive director for uh, GHSA, he did say that, you know, they're not they're not ruling out limited amounts of people in the stands. So right. uh, we could be seeing, you know, just depending on where things are at with the data. We could be seeing, you know, happy empty stadiums, potentially empty stadiums, you know, once uh, late August, September gets gets here. So 
I got a I got a question for both of you guys. We have we 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 know that mm-hmm. the um, prep sports they're gonna take things um, a little bit slower and they're gonna take cues from um, from state and local leaders in in how they roll things out. Um, what about the big boys? What about the pro the the, the the pros? What are they gonna do? Even even the even college. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're um, you know they're revenue sports, so um, there's gonna be a lot of pressure for them to get back on the field. Damien, you wanna take that, and then I'll follow up. Yeah, I'll jump in real quick. Um, I, you know, I think the biggest issue is what you kind of uh, alluded to there a little bit, Luke. Is uh, the, the big leagues? It's a financial thing, um, and they're looking at all the angles of okay, how much will do we you know do we stand to lose if we don't have any action at all? Uh, and, and what does it look like? Does it make sense? I mean, you're talking about NFL. This kind of hit at a time for the NFL where uh, I don't want to say they got lucky, but, you know, they didn't have a season, um, you know, get cut short. It hit before things really even get. I mean, they don't report for OTAs right. till what, next month, I think it is. Uh, so for them. You know, it's it's a little bit um, mm-hmm. they've got a little more to work with and baseball. Obviously, we'd be in the you know, we'd be in season now. We'd be a few weeks in. Um, and so actually uh, almost, you know, two months in. And so obviously they're looking at more so probably than any of the leagues, uh, how much money can be lost. So, you know, I just think for the pro league aspect, it's it's a money thing. And and. You know, who's going to, you know, what's that loss going to look like? Does it make sense? You know, I think those are the things they're going to be dealing with. On the college level, there's so much going on. I mean, NCAA, and that trickles down to high school because they just announced that they extended the dead period uh, to July 31st. So recruits, football, it's a wrap. No official campus visits for those guys, uh, high school guys. Basketball, no re- uh, evaluation periods. Um, you know, earlier in the year they announced that, those spring sports kids and winter sports kids can come back for their senior year if they want to. And I think that's why you're seeing all this transferring going on because kids are looking at like, well, if he's coming back, I do I need to go there? I mean, it's it's a lot going on. <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Well, I, I agree with you. That it's, it's so many moving parts. And I think what you're going to do, see, guys, is, is college football follow the NFL just like college basketball follow the NBA. And the Rudy Gobert, remember how that all came down, right? Right when the uh, postseason tournaments came down. And the thing about college football is they are more dependent on their gate receipts. I'm talking about the Power Fives than the NFL. NFL garners like 85% of their revenue off that huge TV package between NBC and and Fox and, and CBS. So um, it's not that big of an issue for them. College football has got to figure out um, how if they can get a TV package together? I truly think this because I just do not see fans in the stands in college football. It's not happening, guys. It is not happening because you won't be able to manage the un- un- unmanageable people wearing masks versus not wearing masks. Hey, you have to wear a mask coming through the gate. You think that mask is going to stay on? You're going to have mask people versus non-mask people, which is clearly a political division these days. And, right. and you're going to have fights in the concourse. It's going to be a holy mess. I think what's going to happen is a big TV contract for Power Fives in college football. And I think you're going to see maybe fans of maybe like maybe a set of parents per kid. That's 100, 100 kids uh, uh, each team. You know, maybe you'll, you might get four or 500 in a, in a, in a 100,000 seat stadium. I don't see any fans. I just don't see it. 
because I don't think it's manageable. Uh, and it could be a you know a, a holy terror a mess if it if it starts. I think it's I think one of the yes. X factors is if universities or when universities in this case um, let kids back on campus, and you know like Michigan State University right now they're already talking about that plan. Um, they're going to clamor to go to those games. Well, well then clamor but, but here's the thing. But here's, but, here's the know, thing. There's gonna, yeah. they're, they're going to they're going to put put pressure. And they're going to congregate, and so the it, they're going to basically the people, the powers that be are going to have to base make the same decisions that um, a lot of public officials have made in uh, w- with their public gatherings in in various states. Yeah, but but what I, I here's what like I have a friend of mine who just called the Michigan University of Michigan Athletic Department a couple of days ago, asked about I wanted to pay for season tickets, and it just got moved back, and it's been moved back. Uh, just on an unlimited basis. I mean, you know, we'll let you know. They're kicking the can down the street is what they're doing. And actually, to me, guys, I think these college presidents are kicking the can down the street. They're going to say, yeah, we're open because they have freshman deposit freshman deposit money that's due June 1st. And they want to make right. sure those people commit as opposed to going to a community college if it's going to be an online versus online, right? Save a lot of money. So I, I really think that this is going to be an 11th hour uh, our, our, yeah, yay or nay on, on students on campus. I think they're doing everything they can. And they'll have a combination. But, and that's a requirement for football, obviously. And the NCAA is they're all in unison on that. Everybody's on unison on that. You have to have, you have, to have players on camp or students on campus. Otherwise, if you only have players on campus, you have to pay them because it's got an NFL look to it, right? You're just yep. bringing them in here to play football. So I really think that uh, you're going to have to have students on campus, but still just to play in front of the television cameras. I just, like I say, I, I hope I'm wrong. It's going to be no no cheerleaders, no band. What's college football? I mean, Damien, down in Georgia, the SEC. I mean, Sanford Stadium. Right. And that, oh, my God. Without that band, it, it will be crazy. Yeah, it definitely will be. I think it's, uh, you know, and, you know, you, you got to also look at the factor that there's Oregon, the state of Oregon, they said mm-hmm. they're not doing college. Uh, you know, they're not allowing fans until, what, September, they already said. So how does that affect teams that they play? I mean, it, right. it's going to be a very tricky situation. Yeah, for sure. It is. Well, I, let me let me rewind just a little bit because we we skipped over something that's really important to us. And. I think we need to um, dive more into who Damian Lewis, the person is. So tell us, tell our listeners a little bit more about you, um, some of your background, how you came to, uh, uh, to do Prep Sports Nation, and a little bit of some of, uh, some of your other side gigs. All right. Uh, well, so, yeah, I've uh, been living here in Atlanta. I moved here in 92 to go to college, you know, originally from – Lived a little bit everywhere, but originally from Connecticut, went to high school in California. And like I said, moved to Atlanta in 92 to go to college. And like so many people that do come down here, I just I stayed put. Uh, and then uh, I got into radio back in 2001. Uh, music format. So I've always been in music formats. but and, and believe it or not, that's how Prep Sports Nation came about because uh, the station I'm currently with, uh, I'm on my second tour of duty, I guess you would say, with them. Uh, the first time around, our, our evening jock, we used to always go to uh, have him live from high school football games. 
uh, and sometimes some of the basketball games. But every Friday we'd have them out at a football game. And so when I left the, the company the first time and went to a, a smaller company that was trying to build up, you know, I was bringing my strategies on how you get that younger demo involved. And I was telling them, look, we do this. We, every Friday we go to high school football games. This is something we could do. And um, I said, but we could take it a step further and go to basketball games too. And, and so we started doing that. And then I added the element of having someone come out and video you know, have them film me and the host and get some highlights from the game so that we could like pre-promote where we were going to be and, you know, just have some cool visual. Because this is around the time Instagram is starting to, you know, really, you know, take off a little bit, I guess you would say. And so we were utilizing that uh, to promote. And then uh, one day just sitting at the kitchen table going through, you know, clearing out my computer. I was looking at all the, all the footage of the games and I was like, geez, I got a lot of cool highlights here. What could I do with it? And so uh, I just, I was like, well, I could do like a, a, a high school news show. I was like, eh, everybody covers football and basketball. What's going to make me stand out? And so again, still sitting there at the table, I said, well, shoot, no one covers wrestling. No one covers swimming. No one covers baseball, softball, volleyball, lacrosse, tennis. I'll cover everything. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I just started, you know, you, you know, utilizing different sources to find games and show up, reach out to schools, let them know ahead of time I was coming and, you know, built it up slowly, but surely I had to teach myself how to do video editing because with the highlights, you know, you know, watching, you know, we all watch ESPN, you know, you got to have that stuff up right away. Yeah. I mean, with sports, especially sports where they play multiple games a week, you know, after that, after that Tuesday game, they're thinking about Thursday you know, by, by Wednesday. So I had to teach myself how to edit. I, you know, watched some YouTube videos on, on how to edit in Adobe. And so I, I get home after games, put all those things to put the videos together and they'd be up and ready on the website. So when the next morning, when kids, parents wake up, they see it. And so that's how press force nation came about. And, uh, mm. now I've added the uh, podcast phase and that's been really big for me because of simple, simply because of the fact that there's right. no sports to cover right now. So I'm able to talk to coaches, student athletes, right. uh, you know, again, executive directors of high school associations. And uh, it's been going very well. It keeps me on top of things. And uh, I love it, man. And so that's where I'm at. I still do radio. That's that's the main gig. But uh, the goal is to get, you know, Prep Sports Nation to a level where eventually I'm doing it, you know, full time and actually, you know, benefiting from it, um, you know, on the financial side to where I can actually say it's my job. You know, Damien, I, I really appreciate how you delved after uh, you, you found a niche and your niche was being all purpose and, 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 and going after those and publicizing those sports that don't get a lot of attention. I think we do hear Luke can attest to this locally. I think the local sports media have covered, you know, the, the quote unquote, you know, maybe uh, in college they call it revenue versus non-revenue and things like that. But I mean, the sports that don't generate as much attention, I think that that is huge. But how do you resist, especially in Georgia? People coming up, parents, hey, can you videotape my kid and put her so I can put her uh, up on a recruiting website and try to get my kid a scholarship, you know, to, to Tennessee or Alabama or Georgia? I mean, how do you resist not falling into that, you know, temptation? You know, it's, it's, it, I don't want to say it's easy. I, you know, what I found is that, one, if your kid is that kid, nine times out of ten, I've got some good footage of him anyway. Um, right. and so what I, what I do is if they ask, I'll just be like, I'll tell you what I've got. I know for a fact, I got some clips. I'll just send it to you. Don't, 
Because I don't want, like you said, I don't want to get caught up into that. Yeah. And it's a racket. <laughs> too much, you know, yeah, you know, it's like, and then you kind of get, you kind of get pigeonholed a little bit because then that's all everybody. And, and believe me, there's especially in Georgia, and I'm sure in Michigan, because you guys are, you guys are football, basketball, baseball heavy up there. You know, these parents, they're willing to put oh, yeah. the money out yeah. in no, somebody. They are. But you know, yeah. you kind of get stuck just doing that. And I wanted to do something that was more focused on the athletics in general and not just one particular kid or you know and so uh and the fact that again with me you know when i show up to a swim meet and parents are like you wait you're here to do what no one ever comes to a swim meet and i'm like i know that's why i'm here so. <laughs> that's awesome that's terrific all right well let's have a mel island take us into a break I gotta imagine in this this day and age too, Damien, that that you're you're getting a lot of uh, uh, huddle clips sent to you. Yes. Yeah, I get a lot of huddle clips, and uh, again, you know, I definitely get when people see, you know, I get the random text messages and messages, emails. Hey, you were at this game? Did you by any chance get number such and such? And yeah, it's all coming coming together, and uh, I love it again because anything to help the kids get extra exposure, especially the like I said the the non-traditional sports that, because, you know, I think everywhere in this country, your nightly news is going to have the football highlights. Nine times out of ten, they'll have some basketball, you know, maybe not as much on a weekly basis, uh, but, you know, they'll definitely cover the playoffs. You know, baseball gets a little bit of love, but once you step out of the those three, you know, you're not seeing anything. And that's the thing, right. man, to, you know, show love to these other kids. And, and, and it's really appreciated. You know, um, I interviewed a a kid out of the class of 2022 earlier before talking to you guys, he's going to be on the next episode of my podcast. Um, he's a pitcher for uh, a private school here. And uh, a game I got to watch him in, uh, literally it was the last game he pitched before the season got shut down uh, due to COVID-19, but he struck out like nine batters in five innings. Kids got some smoke. And like I said, he, you know, this was only his sophomore season. And his mom was like, yo, you know, the fact that the season ended the way it did, but he happened to be my athlete of the week that week. So they were like really excited that I was giving him the press he was getting. And that's the stuff I love. I mean, the, the highlight videos are cool, but again, it serves only one person purpose and that's helped me get my kid to college. Yeah. This is <laughs> to everybody. You know, uh, Luke and I have kicked this around since we've been both involved in youth football and sports and, and parents and we see parents at the high school level and they, I mean, you've done, been doing this for several years, Damien, but are you seeing parents getting worse in this category of, 
of living vicariously through their kid and, 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 and looking at him and maybe at a much higher level than he actually is? Oh, yeah, that's definite and it's ironic because I actually coach youth football and basketball. I've got nine, okay. eight, well, we'll be, all, we'll, we'll be nine-year-olds this year. Okay. And, I mean, even on that level, especially with football especially, I mean, it is – it gets to the point where sometimes I'm like, I love you kids, but your parents are making me want to walk away from this right now. <laughs> so, yeah, you definitely see and, – and, and the sad part about it is it's unfortunate because – I've seen a lot of situations where they push their kids so hard that I'll see a kid, they graduate, I see them home for the next summer, and I'm like, hey, how'd it go your first year? And they're like, oh, I decided not to play. I'm just working on just just doing school because they got burnt out. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, just imagine, you know, it's way different. When we played at our ages, at that age, when we were younger, you literally played just to have fun. Love love the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now – they're training kids at eight and nine years old. I mean, le- legit training. Like anything you see ODB doing to train, there's nine and 10 year olds doing the same type of training. So imagine doing that from the ages of, you know, seven. You know, in a, in a past past life, um, I worked at a technology company where uh, <laughs> where we were uh, working on um, trying to figure out a, 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 a software product that um, – that would uh, pray is not the right word, but actually um, uh, capitalize on the fact that parents were were kind of in this in this mode, and um, and ultimately it in a lot of ways what it became what what I envisioned was something um, uh, very similar to what Huddle has become. Wow! So you're cutting edge there. Ahead of you, ahead of your time. Well, we, yeah, it was, it, you were ahead of your time. It was a fun time to be thinking cool. about stuff like that. But um, you know what what Huddle ended up doing, um, being able to. Uh, um, kind of really kick off this, the, their, their mobile app where, and make it available to, uh, to everybody. And you, know, you got these parents and friends and family recording their own kid, not just, the, not just the coaches, and they're sharing them, and they're basically making – it's basically like a, a, social, a social media version of, of making highlight reels and, and like recruiting, cl- recruiting tapes for, for your, um, your kid and, and, and your friend. I mean – I mean, it, it's it's yeah. it's a great idea, and I'm glad I thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I think, Damien, I, I think technology can be the root of all evil in some of this stuff <laughs> because when yeah. you have, you know, when when you know when you have the huddle thing and you have people with their phones can do their own clips and you can edit your own kid stuff and then you have your own Twitter account and you put that up on Twitter and you put it up on Facebook, Instagram, all of a sudden you're promoting your kid and it's shared and the kid gets this false sense of hey, I'm pretty good. You know, right. I, I, I hey, the root of all evil, the social media sometimes and I, I think that rings so true and that's I'm going to tell you, I, you know, one of the one of the reasons why um, I uh, Damien like just reeled me in right away is because when he was telling me about Prep Sports mm-hmm. Nation, um, I got this vision in my head of I don't know if you guys remember the old ESPN um, show Scholastic Sports America. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Chris Fowler yeah. hosted it. Thing. Yeah. I automatically, that's the picture that I envisioned in my head, and I thought, man. This dude could could like bring that whole concept back, and it would be it'd be cooler, and it'd be it'd be awesome. And uh, it, there's nothing like it anymore on on broadcast television. Yeah, that's and that's how Chris Fowler 
And this yeah. is back in the late eighties. That how he how he cut his teeth on ESPN. Yeah. And then and then I'm trying to think of who else was had that part on uh, college game day. The guy didn't show up, and Chris got booted up there. Look where he's at right now. I think there right. is a niche for that. A legitimate, you know, situation like that where 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 there's you know vetting and actually you know just throw everybody out out there. I mean, we have a local. We have a sports guy here. He puts some five-year-old kids up there on and makes them a future stars. He's like, I mean, what what are you doing with a five-year-old kid building this kid up like that? I mean, it's insane. I just, but but Luke said that I remember that show. I watched that show every Friday night. It was seven o'clock on ESPN, and you'd be perfect for that. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I, I, I received yeah, that. Yeah, I received that. Saying. So, so Tom, <laughs> I want you, I want you to take note. You're look, you're looking at a, a, a star and a future national star right here. There you go, man. <laughs> hey, I, you know, that's sold on me. I mean, and, and it's the passion and the knowledge, and I think that your your willingness to step out of your box and go non-traditional. In the sports world, in the sports media, there's so many bloggers. I mean, you go down to Michigan City and there's 200 media in there and, you know, three quarters of them are, are off, you know, blogging platforms. You know, right. they have, they're not your non-traditional. But so you're, everybody's trying to separate themselves. You're separating yourself by doing things that not normally people would want to do. And you think, think of what you're doing for those young kids and those families of, of bringing some attention to sports that don't generally get it. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's like I said, that once I started doing it and realized that, again, you know, they were really appreciate. And it's not to say that other sports parents aren't, but, you know, again, going to a swim meet, going to a rest. I had a kid. Uh, uh, well, actually, this happened twice. I had a, a girl, a soccer girl. Um, her parents were like, um, you know, by 10, she was the goalie. And she had like, I want to say 10 saves that game. Uh, and blocks and just, I mean, she just, they, the other team couldn't do anything with it. She ended up getting a scholarship based on using some of the footage that I was able to share with them. Um, there you go. But again, if, you know, because the reality of it is not every parent is on this whole, I got to film every game of my kid. Yeah. And they don't, some parents just aren't educated enough to know that you need to film your kid. Um, and so, and then I had another kid, a wrestling kid. He was in the process of trying to get a scholarship and he had no footage at all. And so I was able to send him a, a match that he did very well in. Uh, I never got a chance to follow up with him, but it's that, that kind of stuff. Like, cause again, football highlights, you're going to be able to find them in an instant, you know, but how, how, you know, quickly can you find some swimming highlights if you're, if you're trying to recruit a swimmer, unless that's your, unless that's your area, you know? So it, you know, again, the, the love that I receive and the, the, the gratitude that I receive from those kids and those parents of those non-traditional, it, it makes it worth it to just be out there, you know, doing doing this. You know, Luke, you know, uh, you know, when Damien talking about talking about these, uh, you know, sports like swimming, wrestling scholarships, just think how important it is to get college football at the power five level back online, making money because at the University of Michigan, there's 29 sports and football basically supports 26 of them with a revenue that comes in. I mean, cause their budget of $190 million coming in in revenue for at the university of Michigan, you know, basically almost 50% to 60% comes in football. So got to get football going here, Luke, it, to, to have those other sports uh, be yeah, able to participate. Sure. Yeah. And you've actually, now if you, we've actually had several colleges that are, that, that have cut, 
uh, program. Okay. I mean, baseball, some colleges have even had to cut baseball. I know. So, well, yeah, I know. Mac, Mac schools have been doing that. And uh, Luke, where do you think that's going to go? Uh, what, what's your vision on what's going to happen? Um, and for you know well, that first, challenge first that I just threw up. First of all, I want to say that the one of the biggest challenges that um, that we're we're kind of dancing around is that football in and of itself is um, is kind of under fire anyway. So this was kind of the this was like the the worst time for something to happen where football could be in danger of not having a season. Um, you know, just um, everything about about player safety. Um, you know, we have more and more um, young people who um, choose to do other things than play football, um, whether it's other sports. Lacrosse is because is, is I mark my words. Lacrosse is going to be a huge competitor to um, the young football player um, in America over the next um, five to ten years. Okay, at the youth level. At the youth and, level. And so that's going to that's going to erode the amount of kids that are playing football and, um, and erode the, the opportunity for football to continue to be um, uh, as good or, as, uh, or, or better than it's been right now um, on top of all the, all the safety concerns, right, on top of all that stuff. And so then, so then you compound that with uh, the uncertainty of, um, you know, COVID-19 and how we're going to get everybody back on the field because because you know the scenario that you talked about tom where uh, even for colleges where they just get the players and staff on that's that's still a, a lot of infrastructure oh a, a locker room a locker room with 110 you know 85 scholarship kids another 20 on you know walk-ons a locker room yeah, is a that's, human that's petri a, dish yeah I mean, my, my God, I mean, and, and I, guys, I, you know, not to get ahead of football here. And I like your thoughts for both of you on this topic. It just came to mind. Think about basketball. First of all, if the vaccine or, you know, still, we're still dealing with uh, trying to get a heavy duty therapeutic, don't have the vaccine indoors. Okay. Where, you know, it's more conducive for spreading of, of the virus. Basketball is grill to grill, baby. I mean, it's face to face. I mean, you're sweating on each other. You're breathing. You're heavily, heavily breathing on each other in a heavy cardio sport. How the heck well, is that going to work think about out? Fo- football too. The- three, three quarters of of, um, of the participants are basically hugging each other for you know for the majority of the game. You know, and so, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a scrum. So, so then, I mean, yeah. realistically. Yeah. I see baseball being the most feasible sport to get back out on the field because it's more conducive. I mean, there's so much space in between positions, um, even even with the opposing players, right? Um, you can you can theoretically have a baseball game with no fans, and you probably have a um, a better chance of, of minimizing the the risk for for everyone involved. Now. Well, I think golf is the easiest one, but I tell you, guys, just what the NFL, what um, what uh, football equipment manufacturers are working on right now. I mean, this is twenty four seven. Are these kind of shields? Yeah, I saw that last earlier this week. I think. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna. I mean, hey, there's a lot at stake here, and there's a lot of people's livelihood is at stake, and, and you know, and I disagree with you, Luke, on, on football because the NFL is so popular that I think that's going to continue 
to trickle down interest wise to young kids ultimately then they'll then they'll funnel into the high school and the intercollegiate and then nfl i just nfl is huge popularity wise i don't think football is going away i don't think football is good myself and 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 to a little bit piggyback with you tom i think the the challenge that you're going to have now with lacrosse is it's one of those programs that colleges are starting to cut um yeah because it doesn't make any money yeah. yeah, and so the challenge is, and, and you know, it's it's because I do see where Luke is coming from because here in Georgia, uh, over the last couple of years, I've seen several uh, football players, you know, star football players get recruited onto the high school, I mean, to the lacrosse teams because, you know, they play opposite ends. You know, nothing really crosses up for them. Right. Um, not necessarily that they stuck it out or anything, but they get recruited, they end up playing, and you do see some here and there that – they end up flipping the script and they stick with the cross. But I think the challenge now is because of COVID-19 and colleges cutting programs, a lot, you know, lacrosse is one of the programs that I've noticed that some of these smaller schools are starting to cut. And so I think those scholarship opportunities aren't going to be there, forcing some of those kids that may have gone that route. To, mm-hmm. to I definitely, football. I definitely agree with you. And I, and I have seen the same thing. Um, what I'm telling you guys is that you should, you should, um, you should bet the long game on on lacrosse in America. <laughs> My whole thing on lacrosse is like you got to see the ball, and lacrosse you don't see the ball as a fan. And and I look at everything as a TV generated thing. I mean, is, is TV is lacrosse going to be a game that fans are going to embrace like they do football? I don't see it myself. I think the phys- I think I think the physicality is there to keep their attention a little bit. Well, and I think kids like to play it, but I don't think kids necessarily like to watch it. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, from a fan standpoint, I don't know if you've ever been around any lacrosse kids, but those guys stink. Well, they're, they're nuts. I mean, they're like <laughs> they're, you know, like, they're players, like yeah. the hockey players 2.0. I, I, <laughs> and hockey players. I mean, look, you know about hockey players. You know, especially. High school, college hockey—they're crazy. They were the oh, crazy yeah. guys oh, on yeah. campus. And that's one thing I envy about you guys up there. You guys got high school hockey. We don't have that down here. Yeah, well, I mean, college hockey is bigger up here than high school hockey. You know, uh, you know, actually, hockey more. I mean, we do have high school hockey, but it's it's a lot of these clubs and you know at the at the. I'm trying to think of the of of, of the elite level. You know, teams that traveling teams is. Is huge, and that's an expensive sport. That's kind of you have to high, have to have high discretionary income coming out of your family to subsidize that. Wow. Don't you think, Luke? And that's why some of these high schools, you know, the more affluent areas and and like in suburban Detroit, they have good hockey teams if, if, they, if the families have money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. um, hey, Damon, tell us tell us a little bit more about um, about what you see for the future of, of PSN. Uh, so again, man, the, the goal is to, uh, you know, like I said, be the, the high school ESPN, so to speak. Um, and so what I'm currently working on is uh, looking to be the official high school sports content provider for a larger sports uh, outlet, media outlet. So because, again, most of your large media sports outlets, whether it's your local news, uh, you know, Fox Sports, whoever, they don't have a, a dedicated high school sports uh, portion. And so, and I think part of it, Tom, you kind of uh, touched on this a little, a little bit. I think people don't see the revenue um, 
you know, they don't see it being a big revenue uh, situation. And so, uh, but uh, Envision Networks, they put out a webinar uh, last year that I watched and I actually sent it to a, f a few GMs. And it, it, it told them that basically on the local level, you're, you can generate millions a year off of high school sports. Um, and so in the challenge in a market like where I'm at in Atlanta, you've got the Falcons, the Hawks, uh, the Braves, UGA, Georgia Tech. Uh, we've got Georgia State coming along, Kennesaw yeah. State coming along. And so the challenge with a market like this is any of your, even your local, uh, you know, media outlet, it's hard for them to solely focus on high school sports um, from a sales standpoint, because if they're in a situation with any of these other teams, uh, just kind of give you a little bit of, if you, I'm not sure if y'all know how it works. So basically if a station is in a, in a partnership with one, with a franchise, well, that franchise has X amount of inventory of that stations that they get to sell. And then right. the station has whatever's left over. Yeah, exactly, exactly what that's like. Yes. I yeah. So, so, it's, you know, you got your sales reps focusing on that small inventory trying yeah. to make budget. And so to bring in high school sports, it's just a little tricky. Um, so that's the challenge with the, the, the larger markets when you've got these all these professional and college teams. And that's why when you look at small markets, you, you'll go to a small market and they have, you know, the radio, local radio show will have high school sports shows because they really don't have anything else to cover. Right, 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 and that's you know that and that's that's big time for those kids. I mean, I worked for a small small newspaper as a local sports editor in Southeast Texas. I was a celebrity because all they want to do is see the kids' name in the paper. You know, get my kids' name, spell it right. You know, get all the get all the, the clips on him and, and things like that. And so, hey, you got to go after where the passion is, and that, that's because because if you have passion, passionate readers and viewers, you're going to have advertisers that want to reach those. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's the goal. Um, you know, and even if I can't partner with, you know, if it doesn't cut the partnership with the larger media outlet doesn't work, I feel like I'm in a niche, in a position to where I just got to get the attention, get the light shown a little bit more. And then, like you said, Tom, I think some advertisers will come. Damien, yeah. where can people um, see PSN highlights in, uh, in a lot of your video content? Uh, uh, you can go to the website, uh, which is uh, prepsportsnation.net. Um, and there, you know, if you go to the highlight channel, any, you know, it ties to the YouTube page. So you can see some old highlights from games. Uh, you can see, uh, you know, video content right now is more of uh, updates on what's going on, you know, across the, you know, the state and across the country in high school sports. But again, that's prepsportsnation.net. Uh, social media, I'm at prepsportsnation underscore on Instagram. And at ps underscore nation underscore. Well, how about on the, how about the uh, podcast? Podcast, uh, you can find that on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. So next episode, uh, episode I'm t uh, heading into episode twenty one. It'll be uh, live four p.m. on Sunday. Tom, wow, it's yeah. big gotta, time. You got to check out some 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 of. Uh... <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Appreciate I got it. more content to go after That's now, right. Damien. That's this right. is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank well, you, we were man. talking with Damian it. Lewis, Prep Sports Nation. Thanks, Bob. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, be yeah, able to. We really be on appreciate with you. Guys. Appreciate that. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Thank we'll, you. we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Have a good one, guys. Thanks. 
Well, that's another episode of Taking the Next Level with Luke Miller and Tom Crawford. We had a great time talking with Damian Lewis, Prep Sports Nation. Um, what a fantastic guy. We love talking to him, and we're really excited to see what happens uh, in the future for Prep Sports Nation. And uh, just continue to be um, a huge supporters and fans of Damian Lewis. Looking forward to seeing um, all the great things that, that uh, he's going to have coming up. Um, once again, thank you guys for listening. Um, again, you can follow us on any of your major podcast platforms. We're on Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Once again, thanks a lot for listening. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you listen to those episodes, download, or whatever um, your podcast platform asks you to do. Um, we really thank you. And until next time, thank you very much. 